Welcome to the Modern Direct Seller Podcast, where we talk about strategy, training, and systems to help you reach big goals and find success in direct sales. I'm your host, Becky Launder, a San Diego mama, marketing junkie, and sales strategist that has built several six-figure businesses and is on a mission to share the new modern ways to rock your biz. If you're a go-getter direct seller and looking for actionable strategies, you are in the right place. This is for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have my dear friend Rachel Carey here with us today. Hey Rachel. Hey Becky, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Rachel just popped into our Modern Direct Seller Academy and held an amazing, amazing guest master class on overcoming imposter syndrome. And I had to bring her on the podcast so you guys could hear a little bit of our conversation because it was so good, Rachel. I, I keep getting testimonials from our Academy members coming in. That's so good. It was such a great group. I really appreciated how engaged they were and how much they just jumped in and rolled with it with me. They loved it and they loved you. So tell everyone about yourself. What is your background? What is your expertise? Well, I call myself an energy leadership coach, but what I do is um, I help professional women embrace their imposter to support them in achieving amazing goals, grow their career and business, and inspire others through leadership. I came up through human resources. So I kind of pepper a little bit of that into it. And I'm a Reiki master and a mindfulness teacher and all kinds of stuff. Energy is my world. And so I love this topic. I was so excited when you brought forward and asked me if I knew anything about imposter syndrome, if I could bring that to your group. So I am so excited to share on the podcast too. Yay. We love that. And You know, for those of you listening in, if you're like, what is imposter syndrome? We're going to we're going to get into all of those details. But in the direct sales world, it probably comes up just as much as any other industry. But I feel like I hear it come out so often when I'm working with the members of our academy or even some of my corporate clients hearing this idea around the imposter or having that self-doubt creep in where you're wondering, am I good enough to do this? Am I qualified to lead this team? Should I be the one that does that training for my team? And so I can't wait to dive into this topic. So maybe just as we get started, Rachel, you can give us a little bit of a definition. Take, you know, do a little bit of schooling on us on what is imposter syndrome and what does that actually look like in real life? Because I feel like that's a little bit of a buzzword that we hear all the time. Yeah, well, imposter syndrome actually refers to the internal experience of believing that you're not as competent as others perceive you to be. That's how it's officially kind of defined. But the way that a lot of people, when we're using it as a buzzword, when we're talking about it, what we're talking about is that the, that moment of you can be really high achieving and you can have strong self-esteem and you can be driving major things happening. But when you step out into that light, there's that moment of, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not, I'm not special. I, I didn't do anything big or important. Um, and it can 
kind of hold us back. It's almost like I, I describe it as that, that clutching feeling in the belly where it's like, oh, no, that's not me. You're not talking right. about me. <laughs> that clenching. I love that. Yes. yes so. Yes. So maybe give us some examples, like what, how how have you seen imposter syndrome really show up with your clients or even in our conversation yesterday with our academy members? What are some typical situations where somebody might feel this imposter syndrome creeping in? I think we had a really great example yesterday in the academy when we were talking about, I just did this. Uh, it's that minimization that we see ourselves doing. I just did. I, I, yes, I did blah, 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 but, and then there's like this minimalization that starts kind of happening. This like tempering back, like to, to kind of shrink back in. And so what I see with my clients um, will be, they've accomplished such amazing things and they want to like do even more, but there's this moment where it's like, take that time to celebrate those things that you've accomplished. And it's like, Oh yeah, no, it's, that's already done. It's kind of a push away. It's nothing. I'm not special for what I've accomplished. That's, that's nothing kind of thing. And it's, um, it's one thing when it's being humble, but it's another thing when that part is just holding you back from really fully embracing your own worth. Right. Oh, that's so good. And I know for me, I feel like imposter syndrome kind of creeps in when I spend my time watching others in the industry or when I have a conversation with someone and I talk about a lot of things that I've accomplished. But you're right. I put that caveat that, well, yeah, I mean, I I wrote a book, but it's a little book. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I just run a small business. <laughs> So those words, just and but, I think are a couple big red flags when we do try to minimize or or hide behind some of those accomplishments that that we've had. Yes. And also, I think that when we're doing some of those comparisons, right, when we're like, oh, but these other people have accomplished all of these other things and it's almost diminishing what you what you've done or what your your thing looks like. I can share my own personally even is. Um, I would look at job descriptions um, and say, oh, I'm not qualified to do that job. And when my husband would challenge that and I'd go line by line fact checking, it's like, yeah, I can do that. 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 But there's this one little thing in here that I can't do. So I can't do the job. (laughs) Right. Right? And sometimes we look at it. And I think that one of the other really awesome examples that came out um, from your academy was, you know, how can I lead others? to aspire to greater heights if I haven't hit them yet. Yeah. You know, I feel like that one comes up a lot, right? When you think about direct sales, especially as you're growing a team or bringing people with you, there's this idea of, you know, how, how could I lead this person when I only started doing this a couple months ago, or how, how can I lead them when I haven't reached this title or I haven't earned that incentive trip? Um, so I feel like I hear that all the time where, um, direct sellers are, are kind of holding back and underestimating what they're capable of doing. Yes, absolutely. And that's totally natural for them to kind of look into that because when we're looking ahead at where we're going and we're looking at the people that are ahead of us, we're not there yet. And that's our measurement, but they keep moving forward as do we. 
we keep moving forward. And so I think it's so important to kind of take that moment and acknowledge where you're at and appreciate and celebrate those wins. I call them confetti moments. Like I'll throw confetti with my clients and just, it's huge. It's awesome. Like take that moment and celebrate those achievements because they are big deals. And I think too often we like kind of take those achievements and check them off, like, you know, on the to-do list and then keep going. And it's like, oh yeah. Like you did something amazing today. Right. I know I do that. Like I have all my goals laid out and then I'm like, yep, check done. Okay. Moving on. We got, we got to make a bigger goal now. (laughs) Let's keep moving forward. But taking time to celebrate those wins, I think is so, so, so important. Well, and I know for me and as I built my business every step of the way, it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not running a real business, right? Because I'm not doing what they're doing yet. And then oh, I'm not good enough to do those things, or I don't know these things. And then when you really are put to the test, you're really surprised by what what you know. And so I think a lot of times when we're, some of this that we're coming up with is a lot of um, the fears or limiting beliefs, um, interpretations or assumptions that we're making. And a lot of times that is what, when we're using imposter syndrome, a lot of people are kind of hitting at. And that's what we like really came into when we were talking with the group of the, with your academy group, we were really just kind of hitting in on, okay, what are, what are these beliefs? And we talked about Becky, if you remember, we talked about like that bag that we have over our shoulder and from the time we're little, everybody's kind of helping us grow by giving us rules on ways that we need to show up in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And those rules really helped us get to where we are today. But when we start kind of doing an inventory of what's in there, it's really surprising how, contradictory some of those rules are. I think we had someone in the academy step forward even and say, you know, I was taught that I should, you know, serve and do this and stand out, but also don't stand out too much. Right. Yes. You know, right. As little girls. Don't be too good. Right. Yes. Yes. In this lane. And they're like, man, that lane sure was narrow. And so that's kind of like some of those things that come up and we'll talk about about like their imposter syndrome. We'll talk about them. Like there's that voice in your head that's saying, no, you can't do those things or you should just say this or you should, but, and, and minimize it and pull back because we don't want to like step outside of that really tight lane. But when we look at those rules, we can appreciate why they were given to us in the time that they were given to us but they don't apply all the time and they don't apply with where we are now. They applied when we were given them. Right. And we take that baggage. We just, we just take that bag with us throughout life. Right. Yeah. It is time to hug some of these rules and let them go. Let it go. I <laughs> Thank love you that. for serving me. It's time for you to go. <laughs> we, we are ready to move onward and upward. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Okay. So when you have these moments where you're like, okay, I get it. Like there's a little bit of imposter syndrome happening here. I I get it. Right. So how do you, how do you move through that? How do you work through that process? What do you do when you realize it's there and it's happening? One of the things I really encourage with my clients is for them to, it's almost a mindfulness practice and building awareness. So the first thing I ask them when they're noticing it is what are the thoughts, what are the emotions and where are you feeling it? Because so often we're projecting out. I think we were, even were talking like yesterday, it's like, what I really need is somebody that somebody specific to tell me that I've done amazing. 
And it's like, okay, you've done amazing. And then it was like, oh, no, I'm resistant to that. Right. And so I was like, well, okay, where was that resistance? How did you feel it? How did you experience it? Connect back into the body because you have to be connected to self to understand some of these unconscious rules that you're carrying around. And so when you connect back into the body, then you can start kind of connecting. Okay, this is how I'm feeling it. This is the emotion that's there. Because so often we're blind to that. That happened in a split second, right? right? I reflected yeah. that back and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that is exactly what just happened. I, my, my belly clenched, my throat clenched, like, nope, I can't, I cannot receive the compliment you just gave me. Mm-hmm. And if we can't receive it, if we can't, if we're not owning it ourselves, we can't receive it from anyone else. So connecting back to the body first, being very mindful. There's all kinds of different body scans you can do to like kind of get calm and, and connect back in and start noticing what, what's happening in the body. But the other thing I like to do is, is have people keep a journal to build awareness. So if we're keeping a journal on this, we'd be keeping a journal of today. I noticed like I thought that I minimized myself by saying I just or yeah, but um, during these periods of time. And what were the thoughts that were around that? Why was I, what was I trying to accomplish? Because this helps us gain insight to what the rule might be and what its purpose is. And it's really, that's like the first step, build awareness to what's happening. And then start asking like, what is it? What is this trying to protect me from? What is this rule trying to protect me from to understand its origins, right? Sometimes I'll even ask people to go back, like think about the first time that that popped up for you. You know, when I shared the story about my, my friend that was like terrified of public speaking because in middle school, they sneezed in the middle, right? And it was embarrassing. Right. Right. <laughs> and so it's like the rule became never, ever speak in public ever again. And it's like, but, but now as an adult, you can look at it and say, I'm safe to speak in public. Maybe I'm going to put a tissue in my pocket. Right? Yes. Be prepared. Like let that rule help you be prepared, but not have it stop you from what you want to do. And so really, what is it trying to protect you from really helps you kind of dig in to another, another layer of it. And I think that's so important and, and not something that we always naturally do, right? To take that time to journal and to reflect, identify when it's happening, identify if there's any trends of, of the feelings that, you know, or, or these longstanding memories that we have. I, I know I shared yesterday, um, you know, that I remember that when I was in kindergarten, I didn't do a dot to dot correctly. I, instead of dotting, connecting the dots. I connected the numbers. And that's one of my earliest memories. And here I am, you know, 35 years later almost. And it still has stuck with me. So I think that there are those things, like you said, that you just toss in your bag and they mm-hmm. just they just come with you and they they come out in ways that maybe surprise you because we don't often take that step back and reflect like what's really going on here. Well, and what's interesting so often and what we kind of heard being peppered through is that type of rule. So we'll take your rule, for example, that type of rule didn't just go in and say, that's not a skill that I have, right? I'm, I shouldn't be your, your connect the dots person. <laughs> it puts right. a label because it's like, I'm not good at connecting dots. Right. Yeah. It becomes yeah. a, la- it becomes a label we put to ourselves. And I shared my similar story about cutting. And it was <laughs> we both clearly I failed cutting. <laughs> and similar age range. And I still tell people to this day, well, I failed cutting in kindergarten. That's not the job you want to give me. And it's like, really? 
you've had a lot of years. You've had a few decades to like work on that. <laughs> I'm sure you've <laughs> you perfected your cutting. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we take it and we put it as a label. And it was really interesting because you, you noticed even in, in your group, we had somebody come forward and share as they were sharing their story. They're like, I was the child who, and then filled five different labels right. given to them. And the thing that was interesting is it was like, we take it and we own it. So other people have told us, these are the things about us. And we took it and we owned it. And what's interesting is, is that we've, we've been trained to look outside to define ourselves. And the thought came to mind later. And this, I didn't share yesterday. So maybe oh, okay. some of your academy people are like tuning in and getting a recap. Yeah. But yeah. I, it dawned on me, it dawned on me yesterday. Like when we're talking about those rules, there, it's like every single person that came into our life, we were this lump of clay and they were shaping us, right? That they were just kind of putting us on this on the wheel and they were just kind of creating a form. And it was in there, it they were doing it lovingly. They were doing it compassionately most of the time anyway, like not the bullying, right? That helped shape us too. But, but like they were trying to love us and shape us and help us be the best self that we could be. But it was it was clay and it was their image and those rules that we now live and define ourselves by. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of the story about the, the Buddha that, you know, it, they started to notice it was like kind of like cracking when they looked, there was gold coming through it. It had been covered in clay to protect it from being stolen when it was raided like yeah. thousands of years before. And once they started breaking away this clay that covered who, who what it, it was, the actual being of it, right? And it's it's similar to us too. We've we've covered up our own light, our own being, our own our own amazingness that we were come we we're here to be, whatever that is. And we've covered it up with this clay that other people have helped shape, and we're walking around defining ourselves by this. But sometimes it takes peeling that all away to really kind of connect back and say this is what I'm really worth. I know this to be true. And, and it's not defined by anything else. It's just because you are. Right. Oh, so good, Rachel. So good. This is why I love you. (laughs) So good. And I love that analogy. You know, I think that we, we did pull back some of those layers yesterday in our conversation and, and as others are, are journaling or maybe recognizing some of this that's going on, um, you know, then what do you suggest they do? Like, is it just a matter of recognizing it and sitting with it? I think recognizing it and understanding, almost taking an inventory of those rules or inventory of those um, beliefs that have been programmed in. So taking that inventory by connecting, noticing the emotions that are coming up, noticing the thoughts that are surrounding with them, and then asking that question, what is it protecting me from? And then there's this trick that we can do to separate ourselves from this. Now, obviously this is part of our body. It's our mechanism. It's how our brain works, but we can separate from that mechanism by naming the imposter. So if we (laughs) give the imposter its own little name, when, you know, I not, I I highly recommend it's not a name of someone that's in your life. (laughs) (laughs) We were suggesting maybe an ex-boyfriend or (laughs) someone that we've, uh, (laughs) we don't spend time with anymore. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And and that's, that can be definitely helpful during the uh, breakup phase as we're like (laughs) reprogramming. Right. 
But then I would almost like give it its own name later because I really truly believe that we can become best friends with our imposter and that our imposter can partner with us to help us reach those new heights. But we just need to redefine our imposter. We need to give it its new name. And I even tell people to give it a new job description. Identify what it thinks its job is because right now it thinks its job is to protect you from whatever we've defined earlier. And that's not serving us anymore. It was great when we were seven, but it is not great when we are trying to be these amazing um, business people, right? Like there are little ways that it pops up in it and it holds us from what we really truly want. And then it creates that inner conflict. So we say, you know, no, Sally, your new job is to help me see when these risks exist and, and help me create a strategy, see that it's there so I can create a strategy to work with it or work around it. So I'm not stopped so that I can keep going and I can keep doing amazing things. I love that. Oh, new job description written. (laughs) I think that that's such a great way to look at it because it never really goes away right? Like it, it's, it's always probably something that's going to come up. It's not like there's a secret magic trick just to banish the imposter. Right. Right. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel. I took so much from that conversation. and I know our listeners did as well. Um, where can they connect with you? Well, they can pop over to my website and from there, all my social media is clicked in there. So it's www.emerginglotuscoaching.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel. I absolutely love chatting with you. We could probably keep this conversation going for a long, long time, Um, (laughs) but we will talk offline. So thank you again for, for being here and popping into our Academy group yesterday. Again, it was so impactful. And I know our listeners will also really enjoy listening into this. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Modern Direct Seller Podcast. For more sales tips, strategy, and tools for your direct sales business, visit your one-stop shop, myconsultanttraining.com. Until next time, get out there and go rock your direct sales biz. This episode of the Modern Direct Seller podcast is sponsored by the Modern Direct Seller Box. This monthly subscription box is curated for direct sellers who love useful and fun stuff. Each box includes items to help you work your biz, grow your biz, stand out online, and treat yourself. It also includes a training to think outside the box. Snag next month's surprise box at Modern Direct Seller. Box.com.